this house tonight. Lord, we don't need ourselves tonight. We need you. You have the answer to everything, God. You have our best interest in mind. And we need more of your anointing. Oh, God, we praise you and give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 Feels good in the presence of the Lord this evening. His spirit is here. And if you have a need, you don't need to leave wanting. You can rest assured that God will provide that need. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to read an opening text, just one verse of Scripture, that being Psalm 32 and verse 11, purposely using this verse just to extract a thought. Amen. And while you're turning there, I want to say sincerely that it is a privilege always to be here behind this pulpit in front of you, this great congregation, and I give honor to my pastor who is home or on his way home thankful that we were able to send him as an ambassador, as a representative of GBFPC to Zambia to do a great work. Amen. And I appreciate my pastor. I'm thankful that he has had a safe trip to and from Zambia. Amen. And I give honor to our bishop, Brother Frost. I love and appreciate him and the work of the Lord that has been wrought by his dedication and all of these great men on the platform. It is not formality. It must be said, these are great men. And I am I'm a fellow laborer in Christ with them. And that, that means I'm privileged. God chose me to labor with these men, and I'm thankful for that privilege. Amen. One verse of Scripture, Psalm 32, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright, from this passage, I want to draw a title, my title being Doubters, Powders, and Shouters. Amen, amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your glory. We thank you for the Holy Ghost that is in this place. And God, we're asking that you would move, that you would touch our hearts. In spite of me, God, let the Holy Ghost have its way. We're thankful tonight and give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read some scripture today with you present. One of my favorite reads in the Bible from early, early on has always been Judges chapter 6 um, and the story of Gideon. Gideon is a man called by God, a judge over Israel. And God chose this man to do great exploits. And we find his story in Judges chapter number 6. And I will be doing some reading for this lesson tonight. And we find that there was a group of people known as the Midianites. And for seven years, they, they pushed around Israel. And they prevailed against Israel. Verse 2 of chapter 6 says, Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. What kind of oppression draws a people, a people called of God, to hide from their comfort of home into a mountain and dig dens? It's interesting traveling in that part 
of, of Israel, you can see many, many caves and dens in the mountainside, some of those by which they have excavated and dug in and found scrolls and are still doing that today. There are many caves, and these are places that the Israelites hid because of the Midianites and their oppression. And verse 3 says, So it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, and they came up against them, they encamped against them, they destroyed the increase of the earth, and they were taking every fruitful thing that was wrought by the labor of the Israelites. When they planted, they would come and they would destroy. They were oppressing the children of Israel. Verse 6, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. It's interesting that it comes to this point where the children of Israel start crying unto the Lord. Can I take a pause here for a moment and say to the people called and chosen by God that we should not only just pray when there is chaos in our life and we should not only fall to our knees when we are desiring something, only, something from the Lord only, but we should be a people of faith that praises God on the mountaintop and in the valley because He is worthy of our praise. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're facing. God is always worthy of the praise that you can give Him. As a matter of fact, He longs to hear your cry. He wants you to exalt His name. He wants to hear the voice of His people cry out unto Him. And so that's why we come to church frequently, so we can give praise unto the Lord. I'm not just here because I need. I'm here because I want to give unto the Lord. Hallelujah. He's done great things in my life. He's blessed me abundantly. And I know I'm not just talking for myself, but you in the pew tonight can say that God has done great things for you. He has brought you a mighty long way. He has set your feet on a rock to stay. He has pulled you out of the miry clay. Hallelujah. For that alone, He is worthy of my highest praise and all that I can give Him. It was worth it today to come home after a long day of work and to put on my shoes and my suit and walk into the house of the Lord because even though I may be tired, He's worthy of the best that I can give Him. And so therefore, I will give Him my best. I want Him to give me His best. And so we find this situation in Judges chapter 6. We get to verse 7, and I like this part of the story, and I've told it many times. The Bible says it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of of all that oppressed you and drave them out before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. God is reminding this people, look, there are uh, testimonies, there are examples. Even my word where I told you I will take care of you. I brought you a mighty long way. Sometimes we fail to remember how far God has brought us from. I never want to forget 
where the Lord has brought me from. Hallelujah. Anything that we are today is because the goodness of the Lord. It's because of His blessings and His mercy. None of us, none of us deserve the right to stand in this house today and lift up our hands. But He loved us so much that He gave us an opportunity to give Him everything that we have. I don't want to forget what God has done for me. We shouldn't forget how He cares for us. As a matter of fact, you can be in a lowly state of mind. And one of the best ways to get out of that is you just start thinking about what God has done for you. It's easy to be negative. It's human nature to go south and think the thoughts that, that will just tear you down. But when you start to think of good things, when you start to think of the positive things that God has done for you, immediately you can feel joy in your spirit. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says whatsoever things are good and pure and just, Think on these things, because those are the things that God is known for. Amen. And we should always put those good things in the forefront of our mind. Verse 11, the Bible says, There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, and pertained unto Joash, the Abiziarite, and his son Gideon. Joash's son, Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide from the Midianites. Here is a man that's trying to provide for his family, that is trying to get food and sustenance into his home. And he knows on the forefront that there is danger, and Midianites lurk in the shadows. And so he goes to a place and hides, and he is threshing wheat in secret. The angel of the Lord finds him there. And I love how this conversation begins. He appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. This man who may seem cowardice, this man who is hiding from an impending doom, this man who is scared, most likely, the Lord has called him a mighty man of valor. This angel of the Lord calls him such. So Gideon he says, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all of this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our father told of us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. He immediately begins pouting. He immediately starts to think negatively. And he starts to blame the Lord. If the Lord, if the Lord, if the Lord, then why, then why, then why? Where are these promises and where are these blessings? It's so easy for us to be in that same kind of rut. To always think about what hasn't happened or what should happen instead of really just having faith in God. And so we began to pout, if I could put it that way. And the Lord looked up on him and said, go in this thy might. And it's interesting, what is he talking about this, thy might? The angel of the Lord says, go in this, thy might. And it's easy to understand when you're reading scripture that Gideon right away interrupts this angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord started speaking. And before the angel of the Lord could finish what he wanted to say, Gideon started to pout. What, I'm a mighty man of valor, do you know who you're talking about? But if... I could continue, verse 12, 
and read straight into verse 14, it should say that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. And then, go in this thy might. That is what the angel of the Lord was trying to encourage Gideon. Go in this thy might, that you're a mighty man of valor. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? I have given you a promise, Gideon. I'm calling you out right now. I'm going to put an anointing on you. You're a mighty man of valor. But still we find Gideon in a state of pouting. And he says, O oh my Lord, well with all shall I save Israel. Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Immediately, he starts to relate with who he is and what he cannot do and who he's related to. Can I encourage somebody in this place right now in this moment that the Lord knows where you are? The Lord called you a long time ago. The Lord understands your financial situation. The Lord knows what you're facing in life. The Lord is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always by your side. The Lord understands who you are and He is calling you by name. We shouldn't complain about it when the Lord is talking to us and giving us a promise. We should listen and adhere to the words that He is giving. And the Lord said unto this Gideon, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite Midian as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. And he goes and prepares a sacrifice. He got ready a kid and some unleavened cakes, and he puts this in a basket, and he brings it in a pot, and he brings it to the oak where this angel is, and he presents it unto the angel of the Lord. The angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and this broth. And he did what the angel told him. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of his staff and his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cake, and there rose up fire out of the rock. Can you Picture what is happening here. Fire out of the rock. And it consumed all of this that Gideon had brought. And then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. What an, what an incredible thing to witness and to understand that right before his own eyes, the angel of the Lord appeared. And out of a rock, there, there arose a fire. I've never seen a rock spontaneously combust. I've never seen the angel of the Lord put forth the end of his staff on a rock where I set my sacrifice and all of a sudden the rock caught fire and consumed the sacrifice. This alone should be enough for Gideon to understand that the Lord is on his side. This is, this is something that the Lord is trying to show him. This is a great experience. We all have great experiences. Amen. You can think back when the Lord has healed and when he has delivered and when he had put food in your mouth, when you didn't have money to buy food, and he's paid your bills, and he's just done great things, and he's brought your relatives to church. And that should be enough, to, enough for you to understand that the Lord is on your side. I'm here to encourage somebody. You are blood-bought. You are called by the name of the Lord. The Lord is on your side. Who can stand against you? When Gideon perceived that this was an angel, he said, Oh, Lord God, because I've seen an angel, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. 
And the Lord said, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. And we go on further into the story. And there were some things in Gideon's life before he did the work of the Lord that he had to, that he had to abolish. He had to tear down the altars of Baal. He had to get rid of those things in his life that would tear him down, that would not cause the Lord to bring increase. And so here he goes and he finds the groves of Baal and he tears them all down. And the next day the men who were of the city wanted to find out who did this, who took away this altar, who removed their God from their sight, these groves. And so Gideon's dad stood up and said, you know, if your God is so great, then let him decide what should happen. Go ahead and let him figure out what he's going to do. Let him plead for himself because if one person tore down his altar, then he should be able to take care of what's happening. But we know there's only one God and his name is Jesus. He's the father of creation. Hallelujah. And he's in this place today. There is no other God that can compare. There may be gods in your mind or gods physical that you've made up, but there is only one true almighty powerful God and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And he is on your side. I'm thankful that he's on my side. And so Gideon puts forth an army and I'm moving rapidly through this story just to give you an illustration and he gets 32,000 men together and he is he's going to do what God has called him to do to defeat the Midianites in his mind he's trying to put together what's going to happen and how is the Lord going to do this and how is he going to be the one to be the victor over these Midianites who were like grasshoppers in a field and so we find in this story that the that he's doubting God now he's gone from a powder, and now he's a doubter. He has seen great things. He has seen what God has done in his life. He has, he's seen uh, the miracles of the angel, but now he's doubting even more. And so he prays a prayer about, a, about having a fleece, and he's going to set the fleece outside. And in the morning, he wants the fleece to be wet and the ground around it to be dry. Lord, make the fleece wet with dew, but make the ground dry. Because he's doubting. If God has called the right person, and I know we have been there at times. God, why did you put me in this situation? God, are you really sure that I'm going to be the victor? God, are you really sure you know what you're doing? God, I'm doubting right now. I'm, 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 I'm confused. It's a place that we've all been. And so God answers Gideon's prayer. And so then he reverses it. Okay, well, all right, if that's, if that's how it's going to be, then this time let let the ground be wet and let the feet, fleece be dry. He's doubting. He's unsure. He doesn't know what the Lord has in store for him. And we know that God honors his prayer. And so it was that way that uh, Gideon had asked for the ground to be wet and the fleece to be dry. God made that happen. And so this is now coming to a crescendo. He's got 32,000 men, but the Lord throws a little wrench in Gideon's mind, a little monkey wrench in his plans, and he says, you know, you have too many men, Gideon. I need you to get all these troops together, and I want you to say, if you're scared, you need to go back home to mama. You don't need to be a part of this army. And when Gideon does that, he goes from, he loses 10,000 men immediately. Now his army is greatly reduced. Can you imagine the fear in his mind? Can you imagine the stress? God knows exactly where you are. 
I'm teaching a Bible lesson today just to bring out a simple illustration to tell somebody that God knows exactly where you are. And God is with you even in the midst of your doubt. God is with you. But don't let doubt consume you. Let there be faith that arises and says, God, you gave me a promise and I'm going to stick to the promise. I'm going to be like Joseph even though I'm a slave, even though I'm thrown in prison. You gave me a dream. I'm not going to complain about how it's going to happen. I'm just going to keep believing that you're going to let the dream come to pass. Hallelujah. Is there some faith in the house of the Lord tonight? Somebody that would say, God, I know that you're real and that you're alive. You're not the God of the dead, but you're the God of the living, and I'm putting my hope and my trust in you. Gideon, put your trust in the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord Tells Gideon, you know, Gideon, you still have too many men. You, you, need to, you need to reduce your army. And the army is reduced. He goes down to the brook. And he says, everyone that laps the water like a dog with their tongue. And, do, and the ones that don't pick it up in their hand and with their head upright. Those that put their face to the water. Those are the men you need to get rid of. And Gideon does as the Lord had Commanded, the Bible says in verse 5 of chapter 7, So he brought down the people into the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knee to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their head, their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down unto their knees to drink water. He's left with 300 men. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man, unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And he said, All the rest of Israel, every man into his tent and retained those 300 men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. Can you imagine the stress level of Gideon How is he going to fight an army with just 300 men? How is he going to fare against the Midianites that cannot be numbered, that for seven long years have oppressed his people and have left them starved, starving and hungry? We have so many doubts many times. We don't understand how the Lord is going to see us through it. We don't understand what kind of miracle is going to take place. But can I tell this congregation today, That is, it is never an option to give up. It is never an option to throw in the towel. It is never, it is never in in my mind to say, God, I'm giving up on you and all of your promises and everything that you have told me you were going to do. God's ways are above our ways. Hallelujah. He's looking for somebody that will put their trust in him. He's looking for somebody that says, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're big enough, you're powerful enough, you're wise enough, you're omnipotent, you're the greatest, and I trust in you. Hallelujah. There's just something that, 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 that happens to the Lord when the faith of his people arise and they put their trust in him. Amen. Fathers, you know how it is when your daughters think that you're the greatest and you can beat anybody other anybody else's daddy up. Well, that just makes your chest swell. The buttons on your shirt pop off just when your own family gives you praise. Amen. There's just something that happens when praise is given, when trust is given. It compels you to do better. 
It compels you to provide better. It compels you to be the best that you can be, the best father you can be. When the wife praises her husband, the husband wants to be the best that he can be in the marriage. And that works both ways. When guys praise their wife, amen, it makes the wife want to be the best that she can be in the marriage. Amen. I'm just trying to say that praise goes a long way. Hallelujah. Trust and faith and making God bigger goes a long way. And so we find Gideon now still doubting, still confused. And we know that because in verse 9 of chapter 7, the Bible says it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto Gideon, I want you to arise and get down. I want you to go into the host of the Midianites, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear or if thou doubt, go down, go thou with Purah, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. It's just really amazing to me that this doubter, this Gideon, this man who is very worried about how God is going to uh, create a victory in, the, in his life and in the life of the Israelites, is brave enough to go down unto the host camp at night. And so he does that. He went down with his servant, and they went outside of the armed men that were in the hosts. The Bible says in verse 12, the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. Their camels were without number, like the sand of the seaside for multitude. When Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. And this is the dream. He said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell, and overturned it, that the tent lay long. What a dream. A soldier frightened an enemy of the Lord, telling a dream that there was this big roll of barley bread that came down the mountainside and just rolled over our tent until it was flat on the ground. What a, an amazing dream. And the fellow of this man answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. When we were pouting, as the angel of the Lord was giving us instruction, Gideon said, my father is the poorest in Manasseh. He's the least of all Israel. He has no name of importance. He's a nobody. Why are you going to me, his son? Nobody knows me. Nobody understands who I am. I have nothing great to offer but just this pouting. I don't know how you're going to do this. Look, the Lord knows who you are. The Lord has called you. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter what you have to bring to the table. All you have to do is be willing. And here we find in this story that the enemies of the Lord, how would they know who, who uh, Joash is and how would they understand who Gideon is? But they knew that there is going to be a victory because God has done something great in a Gideon's life. And they understood that this victor, his name is going to be Gideon. Can I tell somebody? 
somebody that the enemy of your soul knows who you are and he knows the anointing that is on you and he fears and he trembles when you walk into a prayer room on a Monday night weary and tired and you lift up your voice and you cry unto the Lord because you are a victor when God is on your side. If you have the Holy Ghost in this place, you are a victor. Hallelujah. You don't need to be afraid of the enemy of our soul because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We shouldn't just quote it. It's just not a pretty verse to say. We should believe it and we should live it and understand that we have something great and powerful. Hallelujah. These enemies, these Midianites, they knew that there was this man, Gideon. And this was enough. This was enough for Gideon to believe that the Lord was on his side. But I want to say this. I don't want to just hear it from the enemy. I want to believe it when the Lord says it. I just don't want to believe it when it comes out of the enemy's mouth. I want to believe it when the Lord told me a long time ago that he called me, that he brought me out. I want to believe the Lord. Where would Gideon have been if he just went and did what God had done when he told him to do it? But he had all these poutings. He had all of these doubtings. He had all these troubles. I understand that. That's human nature. But how much greater and how much swifter could God cause a victory to be wrought in your life if you would just believe by faith and go where God has called you to go and do what God has called you to do and say what God has called you to say. God is looking for a people of faith, a people that will trust him, people that will believe that he will carry them through no matter what the trial is. And the rest of the story is amazing because Gideon had to do nothing. He didn't have to carry a sword and walk into the enemy's camp and start fighting. He just simply had to obey the voice of the Lord, which was very simple. 300 men, gather yourselves around this camp. And I'm coming to a quick close if the musicians would come. Just circle around the enemy. You don't have to use brute force. Just carry your light. And at the sound of the trumpet, let your light shine. Break the pitcher that the light is in. And just blow your trumpet and just lift up your voice. And this is what they did. The Bible says, and he divided the 300 into three companies. He put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, look unto me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow the trumpet, and I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. All I need you to do is I need you to blow the trumpet. And I need to let your light shine. And then I need you to shout for the victory. That's how you're going to overcome. You're going to cry out unto me with a shout. You're going to say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And today in the house of the Lord, what we really need to realize is God is going to fight our battles. You can't figure it out on your own. You're just going to pout because you're going to look at yourself. And you're going to look at the problems that you have in life. And you're going to look at those that you're related to have messed up. And you're going to rate yourself financially and socially and say, I am nobody. You're going to be like Moses and say, God, I am not a man of eloquent speech. 
Moses, he, an educated man, he should have been of eloquent speech, had the best education afforded him, but he pouted when God called him. Insomuch you read the scripture that it infuriated the Lord. And that's why his brother Aaron was sent to do all the talking. After Moses kept complaining and complaining, I'm not, I can't, I, I don't know how, I'm not a man of eloquent speech. What happens is you start comparing yourself and you start looking at your insufficiencies and you pout. God, I don't know how you're going to put my marriage together. God, I don't know how you're going to help me financially. God, you know how I've struggled. God, you know my past. You know everything that I've been through. You just start pouting and you start worrying and you start complaining. And there's no praise. There's no thankfulness. You do not see the goodness that God has done because your mind is on the darkness. And so finally you get the faith. Okay, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to shake a few hands. I'm, I'm going to go to church. I'm, I'm going to try this out. Do you have your doubts? Do you have your worries? No, God, if you're going to do this, then this has to happen. God, uh, I don't know how you're going to do it. This is what I put together. What are you going to do about it, Lord? And you start the doubt. And let me just say, where well, there is doubt, God cannot work in that realm because he has to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Do you believe that he is God tonight? You must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Why do we have church three times a week and other things and activities? We're diligently seeking him. God is never going to go back on his promise. He's just waiting on someone to have faith. Look, if you don't believe me, then go hear from the enemy himself. We defeat, we're not defeated people. We have God on our side. All he's wanting tonight in the house of the Lord is for someone to just stand up and make a joyful noise unto him and say, God, I know you're in control. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing a song of praise, and I'm going to shout for the victory because I know you're going to take care of it. Yeah, it may take time. Healing takes time. Yeah, sometimes we have to go through a valley, and, and, and it's not easy, but God is going to bring you through it if you just lift up your voice and give him praise. Hallelujah. Do you believe that in the house today? If somebody would just stand on their feet and give God praise, you will watch the miracles of the Lord unfold. You will see the promises of the Lord come to pass. If somebody would just be willing to say, God, here I am. I'm giving you glory. I'm giving you adoration. I'm praising you. Oh, the sword of the Lord is in this place, and he's going to run a great victory. Hallelujah. I'm coming to a close. I'm done. These altars are open for just a brief moment. Is there somebody with faith that will say, God, I trust in you. God, I'm giving you glory. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. I exalt your name. Hallelujah. You are our great defender. You are the miracle worker. You're the one that's going to make it come to pass. And I just want to say, the sword of the Lord is in this place. The sword of the Lord is going to fight my battle. Hallelujah. I'm lifting up my hands, and I'm going to be a shouter. I'm going to shout. I'm going to proclaim your goodness. I'm going to, I'm going to proclaim your wondrous works, your mighty acts. Hallelujah. Your excellent greatness. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Hallelujah. Just for a few moments, somebody raise your hands. Raise your voice. Hallelujah. Lift up your face in the house of the Lord. Tonight I feel the Holy Ghost. God is going to do something. Your breakthrough is here. Hallelujah. But you have to lift up your voice. 
you have to give God the highest praise. Hallelujah. God, I magnify you. I worship you and give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Let him fight your battle. Hallelujah. Let your light shine. Hallelujah. In a dark world. God, I give it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, is he your great defender? Let him know how great he is. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you. right now.